What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Thomas Free Me TV and podcast show. Um, as you can see, I changed my look around a little bit, enhanced it a little bit, so your your eye can be appeased. You know, I hope you guys uh, see the the changes that I made, and and it looks a little more professional. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to step my game up a little bit. You know, so um, today I had a special guest by the name of Lakeisha Turo. And she is a representative up in Flint, Michigan, running for city council. Her and I just have a little discussion. You know, it's a really good discussion. We get into Flint. We get into the water. We get into how the attorneys are going to get a, a very large lump sum of money, millions and millions and millions, where the residents of Flint get $1,000 each. So she goes into that. She goes into... Um, where Flint is at today, you know, the, the, uh, the ambiance, if you will, of the city of Flint. And she goes into her, who she is and her life and, and such. Um, whether she knows it or not, but she is the first representative I'm having on the show. Um, you guys know what I'm about. But while I was up in Michigan, I saw her. I saw her work the crowd. I saw her with the people. And I wanted to know more about her. You know, she seemed like a very genuine person, very humble, very down to earth. So I wanted to have her on the show, you know, and, and, and get to personalize with her. And her background was surprising, you know, so it just reinforced the fact that I'm a, I'm still a good judge of character as it appears. Um, so let's hear what she got to say. Lakeisha Turo. Good afternoon, Miss Lakeisha Turo. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Blessed, blessed. So um, I was recently up in Michigan, up at the rally on the 14th, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I ran across you. I was watching you, you know, work the crowd, move around. And um, and I was intrigued. I was intrigued. And and um, what intrigued me the most was your your eye contact. You know, um, I'm very good very good at reading people's body language and their their facial expressions and such and um yours is one of the the few that stood out to me as as truly sincere you know when you were talking to people you know you were you were intent you were uh very attentive to to what they were saying and and you were you know you were you were receptive so i found out who you were and and we connected and and here we go so I'm I'm really interested in who you are. Okay. Well, I am definitely a sincere person because um my my life has been a life that has not been easy. It's been struggles along the way. I am born and raised here in Flint, Michigan. My mother did not graduate from high school and my father was in and out of prison. So, my plight or my my goal is to help people who were in situations like I was in but didn't know how to reach out to people or I didn't I didn't know of any help out there. I am definitely trying to be a resource in the community to be that assistance that help. I'm working on sev- several things in the community and 
prison reform is one of them. As, as a child, um, I didn't understand why my father was in prison because I, I always thought he was a good guy. Why, why would he be in prison? He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the system leaves out the children, the ripple effect. Um, it's not just about the person who's incarcerated. It's also about the family members they leave behind um, and kids that don't understand. Why is my mom or my dad in prison? They're good people. So I am definitely sincere about this. It's, it's something dear to my heart. It's something I, that I had to struggle through. And you know from your testimony that once you go through something, your heart changes and you really have a sincere desire to make a difference. So that is definitely who I am. Um, Like I said, I'm born and raised here in Flint, been here all my life. I work with uh, the mental health population. I'm a mental health advocate first and Mm -hmm. foremost, because I do not believe you can change the mind or change crime without changing the mind everything revolves around mental stability so that that's that's me in a nutshell i don't want to take up too much time talking about me mm-hmm. um but i am definitely looking to make a change in the community looking to make progress oh i'm sorry my son i'm sorry that's okay i, can, I, can I am definitely looking to make progress um, for the residents here in Flint and people who have experienced incarceration. Um, so that's who I am. So let me ask you, Lakeisha, you know, as a, as a young female, uh, a black female at that, and, in, in, you know, in, in, in the area that you were in, how going through what you went through in your childhood, like how did you stay on the straight and narrow? How did you end up being where you was at? Like what kind of, what, what, at what age would you offer advice to a young girl, whether she be 13, eight, you know, whatever, like the transitional period in your life where you just decided to, to go one way versus another, what, what would you tell that girl? I think at any, at any age, you can you can change the trajectory of your life if you're not on the right path because there are some people who uh, went to prison and got out when they're 40 and now they're productive in the community so there is no set age and I don't want people to think that like whatever age you at now is the time you you can make a better decision for your life you can do something different um, myself, I was young when I, the, the one thing that changed me, uh, or changed the direction of my mindset is that I played basketball and my coach, Tanya Edwards, shout out to Tanya Edwards, who just won a championship with the WNBA. My basketball coach, who was definitely influential in my life, along with Michael Thomas Thompson and, um, Eddie Day. Mm-hmm. But I had people in my life that taught me discipline. And, and I, want, I, I desired to play basketball so bad that I started doing better in my schoolwork because I wanted to stay eligible. And by going to practice, by being involved as a team, by knowing it wasn't all about myself, I started to see that um, things, things could be different. 
So it was definitely a, a organized sport that helped me get myself back on track. I wanted to do better in school because I, I needed to stay eligible. And they began to teach me certain skills of discipline and dedication. And, and anybody who has played on the team, you know, the team members, just like gang members, they become your family. And, and, and you want to do better for, for them, not only yourself. So that, um, that changed the direction of my life. And, you know, I, I knew at a young age that I wanted to be different than what I was seeing in my community. I knew I wanted to be influential um, because I had been through so much mm-hmm. that um, I wanted to help people who might have experienced some of the things I've experienced and didn't have an outlet. No, that's cool. You know, my daughter, my daughter rings a lot of that within herself too, going through what she's went through in her life. You know, I left her when she was six months old. I came back and when she, you know, she was 13, but she's been surrounded by a lot of chaos in her life. And I see that she, um, she don't want that for herself. You know, there's, there's certain things that I could tell that her environment has, has rubbed off on her you know, that hopefully she'll, she'll, you know, cognizant of, of those things, because I really think that's what's holding her back from just shooting into a, a superstar, you know, but, um, how old is she? She's 17. Okay. She's, yep. She's 17. She's getting ready to graduate. You know, when, when I came home, she was failing. She, she had missed, I think it was 48 days of school already. There was still a whole fourth quarter to go. Um, she was in seventh grade. And I came home miraculously, you know, which is a story in itself. But, but um, I came home early and, uh, and just got to her. And I contacted the school. I let them know, you know, with a therapist what was going on in her life and that I was home and just to, to pass her. The next year, she was on a on, on roll, three out of four quarters. And then she started high school. I got her on the swim team and she... She, she just became a whole different person. You know, she, um, she was blowing the girls out in school and they had to actually have her swim with the boys to, to give her some sort of competition. And when she realized her potential, especially with her mind, her mind potential, everything just, just took off. But so it's, I, I say that because, you know, there's a lot of young women out there who don't know what direction to go in and they don't have the proper mentorship around them to help advise them to, to keep, you know, straight, you know, I just interviewed a, another female and, and the, the horrible life that she's had, you know, and she's, she's trying to get it right at 38 years old, you know, so, mm-hmm. and, and in a place like Flint coming through what it's, it's, it's gone through, how, how is the community rebounding from, from that whole situation with the water and, and such? Um, it's, it's trauma. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I still won't drink out of the, the faucet. I won't have my kids drink out of the, out of the faucet. It's, it's a trauma that, um, the city is still going through. Our school systems have been, um, chaotic. A lot of schools have closed. So we are looking for outside mentorships, outside resources. But I I have to be honest with people. If you can go through a struggle, just like with your daughter, 
um, her life obviously wasn't easy with the things that had been happening and she was showing it in school, uh, just like myself. But there's something about struggle once you overcome it that makes you a stronger person, that makes you want to travail, that makes you um, build muscle. So it's not all negative. It's not all bad. It is, it's a strengthening process. And I, I really, I truly believe that I could not be the person that I am had I not gone through the things that I went through um, in my life. It just created strength in me. It, it, I had some breaking moments. Now, I'm not going tell, to tell a lie. I had some breaking moments in my childhood and in my life, but it built muscle. It, it built uh, resilience in me, mm -hmm. and and that that creates a whole different a whole different person. It does, and that's what's beautiful about it. Is is once I learned to accept me, right? Once I learned to just love who I was, truly love who I was, where I could look myself in the mirror, look myself in the eyes, and 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 vocalize the fact that I loved me and feel good about it. Once I, once I could do that, then I knew that I could accept everything in my past because everything, all those decisions and experiences made me the person that's staring back at me in the mirror. Right. So you have to accept those. You know, if you truly love who you are, you have to accept everything that created you and know that you can make better choices moving forward. So like you said, you know, the, the, the person coming out of prison now at 40 and, and such is never too late. No, you know, it's never too late. It's never too late to start loving yourself. And when you do that, things will change. So Absolutely. What, what what do you see yourself doing for Flint? You're running for office, some, you know, an office position. Um, mm -hmm. Explain that a little. I am running for 7th Ward City Council. Um I, I keep telling everybody, for whatever reason, my my path has been the underdog. Um, I, I, I was raised, I'm the only one that's running that was raised here in the city of Flint that did not have a privileged life. Um, I had a lot of hardship. I, I was a single mom at an early age, 18, and I had to fight for a lot of things that I, I've uh, obtained. Um, but I, I feel like that's Flint. That's a lot of what the Flint population has had to endure, but I overcame a lot of things that happened in my life, happened in my situations. And I'm here to let other people know we can do this. We can progress. We can make better decisions. And we can overcome crises that we've gone through. Um, I own and operate four mental health facilities here in the city of Flint. And when I first tried to open up my first one, I, I was told I couldn't do it. Um, it'll never happen. I actually had $500 in my bank account. Mm. But I had a person who said, it's something about you. Mm. And I'm going to give you a shot. And, and gave me a chance. And because they believed in me, I didn't want to let them down. And I didn't want to let down the community. So I worked hard to build up the business. Now I, I have four um, facilities here and I'm, I'm 
definitely making progress in the mental health and the homeless population by housing folks who other people wouldn't normally house. So I'm just looking to be a benefit, an asset to the city so we can move forward in any, any way we can. No, that's cool. And, and there's definitely something about you. There definitely is, you know, I'm, I'm the dude, whoever said that was spot on, you know, and well, thank you. What, what you're, what you're doing is what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get everybody to do, you know, is, is just to get up. If you know that you can be part of your community in some way, if you know that you can get up and help, but you'd rather just, you know, sit and watch football or sit and just do something besides being productive you know we we have to stop that we have to stop with the distractions and we have to get involved in our communities somehow some way and so i applaud you lakeisha for for just finding where you're where you can fit in at you know what i mean and, and having the courage coming from where you came from mm-hmm. the background the stigma everything that comes with that to have right. the courage to put your life in a public fashion and open yourself to say this is who i am you know what I mean? And and this is what I can do. So how, how receptive is, is Flint to you? Um, they started off not very receptive because I'm a write-in candidate. Um, and, and everybody knows the statistics on the write-in candidate, but there are statistics on people coming out of prison mm-hmm. that says you don't have a chance to be successful. There are statistics coming out of people who's minority. I, I don't I don't buy into statistics. I try to break the norms. And that's that's what I mean about a strength that uh you gain from going through something. You you're able to with withstand some of the storms that come up against you because you you've already you look at that and be like Psh. I, I had it harder than that growing up. I don't care about right. what you're saying. <laughs> I had to deal with this, uh, you know, when, when I was in prison or whatever. So it's just some stuff that you just look at and you're like, okay, it, here's another trial, um, but I can get through it. And that's basically what I've been doing. I've been looking at it as a trial. It has not been easy. No. But and I've been working you know, like I say, you know, the hardest part about success is overcoming your fear of failure, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and, and it's, it's just the fear of, of the unknown, you know, that's our greatest fear of, of mankind mm-hmm. is just the, the fear of the unknown, how you battle that is with education, you know, so again, if there's things out there that is roadblocking you from achieving some sort of success, just arm yourself with education as much as you can, as, as far as, what it is that you're trying to achieve. And that will give you the confidence. You know, I mean, I had to strip myself completely down. I had first to accept the fact that I was ignorant. You know what I mean? I had to accept the fact that I was completely ignorant and I had to just know that I didn't want to be ignorant anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and just, and just strip all my knowledge down and just replace it with knowledge that I wanted there versus what my parents put there, what my brother put there, my aunts and uncles and, other people that's had influence over my thoughts at a young age, you know? So it was just me stripping all of that out and just putting what knowledge I wanted there and everything changed, you know? And, and if anybody can do it, you know, if I did it, anybody can do it. I know we say this as a cliche and, and when we hear it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but 
when it happens to somebody and they say it, it's it's genuine, you know, mm -hmm. because people like us, where we came from, we don't, we just don't things with this just isn't luck that we get here to this position and do right. the things that we do, you know, just overcoming again, like you say, the stigma of your father being in prison and you coming from a quote unquote crime family, mm -hmm. you know, and, and me doing the things that I've done in my past is just, it's just doing it again, having love for yourself, which is a wall of defense against anybody that brings anything negative against you. If anybody comes right. and tells you, you can't do this, I love myself and I know what I can do. You know, right. so I, I value your, you know, I thank you for your opinion, but it's, it's not valued, you know, so. Exactly. What, what can we do as, as citizens, we the people, because I'm, I'm a big proponent of uniting America. You know, it's one of the reasons why I came up to Michigan and spoke to the people up there was to try to bring awareness again we have to bring our communities together. You know, when an issue like what happened in Flint happened, the whole country should rally behind Flint. And it did somewhat for a yeah. short change, but once the publicity died off of it, are you guys still receiving help up there or was it just a coming we, like a one and done thing? We are still going through the lawsuit um, for them to even compensate us as residents and and with the lawsuit the attorneys get approximately 645 million I, I believe that's what it is that they have on the table but out of that we only get homeowners only get up to a thousand dollars and um my, my father my father was which was a big influence in my life uh, excuse me um he died of lung cancer and he had lesions on his brain from from the water so that is something that you can never compensate but to only say as a resident you get up to a thousand dollars but the attorneys get millions we feel slighted we we feel like there's um there's no justice so they don't so have we, some sort of like tier system set up to where like say if there was a death in the family they get approximately this or you know if if it's supposed to be but it if you go back and look at the medical records because mclaren mclaren hospital was a part of the lawsuit first of all and um they controlled the records and a part of the lawsuit and they just pulled out of um they they were initially going to put in 15 million to compensate residents they just pulled out of the lawsuit and saying that they don't want to do that anymore so if you have the people in power controlling the narrative um you you, you get no compensation really basically that's what it comes down to so we still fighting for that it, mm. it's 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 really no justice and certain things like that unless you have um die and they diagnosed you with only legionnaires you my dad also had lung cancer so they're saying well maybe it could have been from the lung cancer but he whatever the effects was he also were he was affected by the water drinking the water so well, well that's what i was gonna ask like how how honest is is the you know the reports you know I don't think they are. And that's what I'm saying right there, that you get if you have the people with the money 
controlling the narrative, right? They, then they're saying you you just get what you get and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see a lot of that going around in the country, you know, with COVID and, and such as well. Yeah. You know. Well, what what can we the people do for for Flint in this instance? I mean, you know, what what can citizens that that view this around the country that that want to help? What what can they do? I'm hoping that people will um, keep us in mind, still keep us, uh, you know, get involved. I am running for office to be a voice for the citizens of Flint. Because there were some people that's currently sitting on council seats that made decisions to switch the water pipelines um, without looking at the cost, and now I have lost. I have lost big. I have two two children that were drinking the water um, that may have effects long term from the lead. I have my dad who had to endure pain. Um, and started going through dementia from the lesions on his brain. So I'm just hoping that people still keep us in mind. I want to be a voice because the one thing that my dad did teach me um, coming from a life he came from in and out of prison is that he wanted me to be a fighter. Regardless of what you do, uh, be a fighter. He was was a boxer. He was also a Vietnam vet, um, and he boxed in in, in the military. So he, the one thing he did teach me to do is to definitely stand up for myself and be a fighter. Man, and I man. want, you're right. I want to be a voice for people who um, feel like they don't have a voice. For people who feel like they can't speak up and speak out. That that's what I want to be. That voice. How much? How much corruption do you think we're dealing with up there in Michigan? Um. You know, you'd never know until you really get in the middle of everything. But I can tell you this, the the more I get involved in politics, um, the more disappointed I am with leaders that I thought were role models to me. Um, The more disappointed I am with organizations that I thought really had the community in mind. It's, it's not a it's, it's a it's a it's an awakening for me to, to be honest. And how do we know that when we get you in, into that seat that a year or two years, five years, that pressure um, isn't isn't applied to you? How do we know that 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 backbone will stay strong? You know, you never know. It's like a marriage. You, you get married, not planning on getting a divorce. You really believe in this person. But you have to hold me accountable. A lot of our community don't hold people accountable. Um, you know, you just take that word at face value. You're not vetting these people. You're not trying to look at the background of, of the folks and see if they really dedicated to the community. You you might can go off education. Somebody has a uh, political science degree. They're a politician, but are they for the community? Mm-hmm. There, there's other resources um, because I deal with prison reform quite a bit. I know very intellectual folks that um, have come out of prison, but because you have a stigma on you and you really are honest and for the community, people don't want to give you a chance. 
you have to really vet people and look look into folks and hold them accountable. If I say I'm going to do this, hold my feet to the fire. That's right. that's that's all you can do. You can't you can't but, make but me what, do but it. But what we what can we do? Because I mean, you know, we feel hopeless. We feel hopeless because we get these representatives in office, and then it takes a miracle to get them out. It takes almost a whole state to sign you know to get these people out you know and and then some of them are life terms look at these justices look what's going on right now i mean they they haven't heard any cases all year but two or three little cases nothing really significant you know they're not doing anything we're we're in this time right here is the worst time that i've seen in my life as far as tension amongst just people in you know the communities as far as as just unsurety um, as far as untrust, you know, and, and people are becoming very, very, very secluded. Like they don't even want to talk to anybody anymore, you know? So what, what are our leaders doing? You know, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and I swear, I hate to say it, but I feel like we're on the brink of anarchy. I feel like people are just coming to the point to where they just don't care anymore. You know, they're just losing their minds over the pressure that's applied over these citizens, you know. So what can we do? We we hear these people. I heard these people speak at Michigan and it sounds great. You know what I mean? It sounds great. But now when they get in there and nothing happens, what do we do? Well, see, OK, so I, I, I get a lot of people um, feeling hopeless as well. Um I have to convince people to vote right now. We're we're actually on a campaign. We're going in the in the Genesee County Jail on the 29th to speak to um, inmates because their voice counts as well. This is the only time I've ever seen this happen. Actually, where the um, administration is including the jail population because your voice matters. If you just give up, if you just say, I, it, nothing will change, nothing will make a difference, then nothing will make a difference. But if you get involved and stay involved, there was a, there was a point in time that I felt like my voice didn't matter. Um, you know, I've always voted just because I, I felt like it's my right. I'm going to vote, but I definitely felt like my voice didn't matter. I wasn't getting heard. The things that I was dealing with wasn't being addressed. But the more I got involved in the community, um, the more I I began to see that I could actually make change with what I felt like needed to be changed. But if you sit on the sidelines and and you don't vote, you don't have a say so. Oh, man, I don't know. You know, it's 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 just concerning. And and I guess, you know, I'm doing what I I know I can do to the best of my ability as as you are. And, and I'm just trying to reach out to people, get them to understand. This is what I said up there in Michigan. You know, just don't vote. Don't vote because of a party or, or an affiliate or anything like that. But know who you're voting for. Look at their track record. You know, again, I, I keep I keep pointing to our administration. You know, we look at their track record. Don't listen to what they say. Look at their body of work. Action speaks louder than words, you know, every time. So pay attention, pay attention to who your prosecutors are. Look at your prosecutor's body of work, you know, Uh and, and, and make sure that we're putting people in place that 
are firm. Yes, we need we need tough laws at this time. We need discipline at this time. There's no question, but we need fairness and just, you know, exactly. That's that's what we were founded on. All these people are citizens. I have no idea where their their path leads astray at, you know, where they just want to hurt their own citizens for for selfish gain. Yeah, I don't know where people's mentalities get to that point, you know. It's about selfishness. It's it's about it's um, ego. You, it's yeah. materialism. It's ego. It's the devil's work, you know. And, and and we have to understand that about ourselves, and 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 draw a line and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to hurt my community. You know, it's it's just it's just being our best selves. Like I like I say, you know, every day just. At the end of the day, ask yourself, was I my best self today? You know, was I a jerk anywhere? Did I do something that was jerkish? Could I have done better in this moment? You know, just ask yourself this at the end of the night before you go to sleep. So that way tomorrow you can, you can reflect on that and you'll remember that. So if that same occurrence happens, I promise you it's going to ring in your head. No, I don't want to be a jerk today. Let me hold the door for this person. Right. You know, and you holding the door for that person may alter that person's life. You know what I mean? You just don't know. Now, let me ask you a question. And I know this is your show. This is his show, folks. But Mm -hmm. I do have a question. Okay. Um, Why are you so passionate about the cause of prison reform? You know, my passion resides in the fact that when I was inside, all I saw were were, were uh, desperate people, broken people, you know, and they weren't bad people because when you got to know them, sure, they had their flaws, sure, they were manipulative, sure, they were, but these were survival techniques that they were taught, you know, and, and once I, I because I, I'm a very analytical person, I, I have been since I was a kid, and I just paid attention to everything, and once I understood that this was a business, you know, once I saw the business side of it, you can go in and talk to your case manager and they'll tell you all the PC things. But when you saw that at the end of the day, they weren't pushing your file, they weren't doing the things that they said they were going to do. They were only following what the code was. And that code was is a hindrance to them. They hate the code. This is why a lot of them don't even follow by it, you know, because it's a hindrance to them. It's a hindrance to, to the business, just like how guns are a hindrance to the government right now. It's the, the, the law, the, the right to own guns is a hindrance and they wanna take that right away from us. It's the same with the prison. So it's, it's bringing awareness to the fact that these guys are not bad. These ladies are not bad. We're just broken people. And the system is what breaks us, you know? And, and I feel like the system is designed to oppress us in such a fashion to keep us in an emotional state day in and day out to make these decisions, to put us inside this jail, to keep the business revolving. So it's bringing my awareness, my education, my experiences to we the people to understand that, listen, when you're out here and you're burning down your community, you're fighting against your neighbor, you're burning down the small business that this person waited his whole life to open up. When you're doing that, you're feeding the agenda. You may think that you're lashing out against the government, but you're doing exactly what they want you to do. You know, we have to stop when, when we, when, when the government does what they do and we all stand up, you know what I mean? And kind of like a sense of where, 
Malcolm X in the movie, you know, walked up in, in, in front of the police station and he did his little, you know, he did his little this and everybody just turned and walked off, you know, until we, the people get in that sort of fashion, right? Nothing's going to change. The business is going to keep running and, and Jeff Bezos is going to keep running his Amazon. Nothing's going to change. You stop buying Amazon, Jeff Bezos will change his business model, but you go in there with picket signs and yelling at him, it's not going to do no good. So I'm here to just bring everybody together to understand we all have been, if, if, we, if we've been living in poverty, under stress, every day struggling, we have trauma that we've been dealing with. So we have to understand that when we're in 7-Eleven and somebody's calling you a name, just understand he's having a bad day. It's nothing personal. This guy don't know you. You don't have to stand up and bow your chest up to him and, or shoot him or his car, nothing. Just let him go about his day. When I see somebody driving erratic behind me, I just get out of the way. Obviously, this person got something going on in their life. You know, I just get out of the way. I'm not trying to film him or flip him off or pull over mm -hmm. on the side. I used to, you know, but it's, 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 just, it's just these little things, you know. So that's why I do what I do. Lakeisha just try to, to bring awareness to the people, man. I love the people. I love America. Right. You know? And you, you create some strength with, with the struggle. And after you struggle through certain things, it, some things are just minor now. Like, I don't have to deal with that. You know, right. that's minor now. Because you build strength. And I, I actually can see that. And that's why I wanted you to answer that question um, for people to understand that it, it, it is definitely power, power in a struggle. If you utilize it, learn from it and grow from it. It's power in your struggle. Absolutely. And, and you know, we can, we can pass second chance. We can pass good time. We can pass all these things. But if, if these men and women are not being welcomed back into the community with open arms, it does no good. The, the pressure, all, all it is, is we're just rushing these people out to, to apply pressure back to them to, to send them right. back. You know what I mean? So the community right. has to, businesses have to, to open themselves up, which they are. A lot of businesses are opening themselves up to felons, giving them shots. Mm -hmm. I would like to create some sort of um, some sort of agreement between big business that have been capitalizing off prisons, have been using prisoners, marketing off prisoners. I would like to see big business step up and create programs inside of the prisons that establish some sort of training for these people so that when they come home, because they've already been working for the business, they already know the business model in some sense, right? So <laughs> when they come home, they can go straight into this business. You know, there's a lot of businesses out there that capitalize off prisoners, but when they come home, they can't even get a job there because of their criminal convictions. So True. again, a lot of these things have to change and we have to welcome the prisoners back into the community, you know, Absolutely. and and that's the only way it's going to change. So, again, my moniker is, is I don't negotiate with terrorists. I, I will not bring senators and things onto the show for the most part unless they have a body of work of showing that they really care about the people. I'm not going to bring anybody on the show to fool or deceive my people because I'm building a unit of, of trust. And that's when my good. people watch this here, I want them to know that, that they can trust the people that I'm bringing on. You know, so... Like you and I discussed on the side, if, if, if you're lying to the people and you're not 
really putting the effort into building America and making us, we the people, strong again, then then you're you're tearing it down. And that what they say: if you're not my friend, you're my enemy. That's what they say. So that's what they say. Keisha, I'm gonna so let you get back there. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go. I just, just want to make sure you we get out that the people have to hold folks accountable. Don't believe that one person can say, I can't, I can't fix everything. You can't fix everything. And any candidate that comes on or senator, president that tells you it's all in me, I can fix it. They're lying to you. Hold people accountable and make sure that, that we're doing the job. That's right. We need, we need terms. We need to push for terms. We have to apply some pressure to them and let them feel the the pressure of the people coming down and 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 things will change then when you talk about putting in terms things will change things will change real quick so lakeisha i'm gonna let you get back to doing what you do girl i know the community needs you um any any uh any shout outs how can people get a hold of you if there's a lost little girl out there don't know who to turn to how how can somebody get a hold of you Definitely can contact me via message or Facebook under Lakeisha Turo, T-U-R-E-A-U-D. And my phone number is 810-394-7846. My email address is God, G-O-D, love, L-O-V-E, glove, G-L-O-V-E at yahoo.com. God love glove. And um, just reach out to me. I'll do the best that I can to help you. Mm-hmm. Three of the most powerful words in the universe. You got them in your email. Okay. I, I, see had, you. I had, it was a point in my life where I had to remind myself that God loved me. So that's, that's my email. God love glove. Man, that's beautiful. So Lakeisha, stay safe, please take care. And um, anything Thank that, you. that, anything that we, the people can do for Flint, just let us know. And, and, um, We'll see what we can get started, you know? Appreciate you. Yeah. Have a blessed day. Community of Flint, man. We love you. Stay strong, okay? Thank you. All right. Take care.